0: Oh, and what's this week's Sports Zone on Salford City Radio? I'm Rob Paxson and I'm here talking all things sport Join me in Salford. Joining the show this week, as ever, we've got Paul Whiteside from The Devil in Detail. Paul, looking forward to talking all things sport in Salford and beyond.
1: Yeah, yeah, we've got another action packed show, haven't we? There's plenty going on. So, yeah, looking forward to uh, to breaking it down with you two. Yeah, we've also got James
0: Sweeten and James, looking forward to talking all things sport in Salford and beyond. Yeah, it's always
2: a pleasure to be joined by you and Paul. And it's going to be great, we've got some massive interviews coming up with Ricky Hatton, some big ones in the world of Salford Red Devils, so I'm really looking forward to this week's show.
0: Yeah, so we'll start with the football, and the Charity Shield, James, Manchester City, beaten on penalties by Arsenal, obviously that first trophy slips through Pep Guardiola's fingers. It does, and after their run towards the end of last season, it's
2: pretty welcome, isn't it Rob? It was nice seeing Manchester City get a bit of their, their own medicine. For once, losing in pretty dramatic fashion, conceding a goal at 90 plus 11. That's a rarity in this game, but Arsenal just about scraping through. And then the penalty misses, obviously, Rodri couldn't capitalise. And then Kevin De Bruyne, somebody you always expect to convert from the spot, and he couldn't get it done.
0: Yeah, obviously, disappointing result for Manchester City, uh, Paul. They obviously a bigger fish to fry. They would probably want to get a good start this season with a trophy. Unfortunately, not able to do that.
1: No, no, it's not a trophy that you know people cling on to, is it? Really, it's—I'm um, not saying it's a glorified friendly, but it's not something that people look out for. But you don't want to lose any game, do you? But the big game is this week now, isn't it? You've got a tough test going to Burnley on on, on Friday night, but uh, but no, Pep will be disappointed with that because he prides himself on winning everything that he takes part in, doesn't he?
0: Mm. 11 minutes of stoppage time as well. James, uh, the new FIFA directive is for the referees to stop the clock every time there is a stoppage or time-wasting takes place. So, 11 minutes is a sign of things to come. Yeah, most certainly. I mean, we all all like a great goal, don't we? Especially right
2: at the end of the game. And it truly was dramatic. And for Arsenal, the team who came so close last season, This will be an incentive to them and somebody that can give them that little extra boost that maybe they can win some stuff this season.
0: Yeah, obviously, Charity Shield doesn't really affect the main season. Uh, Like last year with Haaland, didn't have a great game this week. Paul didn't have a great game last season uh, against Liverpool, but ended up being top scorer. So uh, you can't really take much out of a Charity Shield
1: result. No, no, like I said, they've they've got, I think they've got another, no, they've not got any more friendlies now, I don't think, I think, have United got another friendly this week? They, they, they're more or less tied up now, cities, aren't they? So, uh, so yeah, they, you can't really read much into it. There's still a lot a lot to play for now, isn't there? There's a season starts and, you know, if they win the first five or six matches, that'll all be forgotten, won't it? So um, I'm pretty sure they'll be, be targeting the Burnley game now and getting off to a good start. They've got a good squad. You know, it's a it's a disappointment, isn't it, to lose any sort of game? But yeah, I don't. If you ask people at the at the, you know, the end of the season or the start of this season who won the Charity Shield last season, you probably don't really remember, do you? Because it's not something that sticks in your mind. That's not being disrespectful to it, but it's just the way it is, isn't it? So, uh, so yeah, it'd be disappointing they lost the game, but I'm pretty sure that they've got targets and, and things they want to achieve in the season now.
0: Yeah, moving on to Manchester United, they had two uh, friendlies uh, this week. One against at Old Trafford. One against Athletic Club uh, in Dublin. Uh, Drew against Athletic Club. James last minute equaliser uh, for Ten Hag's men uh, rescues a draw. Yeah, yeah, it was
2: great to see us get that last little minute goal in. Eric Ten Hag is the sort of manager that motivates his players to do that sort of thing. And again, looking at that lens game as well, a 3-1 victory. We conceded early and looking at that goal, a great one coming from just beyond the halfway line. The ball was given away by one of our players and then ultimately looped over the top of Onana. So do you blame the player who gives the ball away in this situation? Or do you blame the goalkeeper being so far away from his line?
0: Well, I think being a kind of sweeper-keeper, you're going to have to be off your line, aren't you, to sort of maximise your uh, positivity. Uh, So, really, I think it's the player who lobs you from 60 yards. That's the the positive thing there, because he's had the brains to look up and see you so far out and think, I'll try and chip you from there. Um, It might happen again, um, because of the way he plays. But I'm sure... Being a Manchester United goal, if it happens in a real game, in a Premier League game or an important game, uh, it might be a bit more of a of a um, incident, uh, Paul. In a in a Premier League game, it is in a friendly.
1: Well, yeah, because the spotlight will be on it, won't it, in a Premier mm. League game? You know, there's no room for error, really, is there? So. Uh... You know, it's it disappointing and it's something you've got to learn from, isn't it? You know, you don't want to be caught out like that, do you? So, uh, I think he's got to uh, just sharpen his tools up a bit, ready for the for the start of the season. It's all right making those mistakes in a, in a friendly game, but you need to learn from that and make sure you don't get caught out again when they, you know, when they, it really matters.
0: Mm. And that's the important thing, obviously, the pressure, of James, of being the Manchester United goalkeeper, taking over from David De Gea, um, he's obviously got onto a... A winning start with the Manchester United team at Old Trafford, um, but he'll, he'll want to put that behind him.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, isn't there? I mean, if you look at the great Manchester United goalkeepers, before you bring him up, Rob, I will. Peter <laughs> michael obviously. Edwin van der Sar and then David De Gea, a player who, ironically, similar to Onana, didn't get off to the greatest start. He stumbled, he fumbled, but under Sir Alex, he managed to prove that he is a genuinely world-class keeper. And I'm sure Onana will do that as well. But now looking at the midfield, obviously we have Casemiro, we have Bruno Fernandes, two players who play excellently. And now we're slipping Mason Mount into the mix, a new signing. He missed from a few yards out an open net, the ball landing a little bit behind him, so not quite as easy as initially looked. However, looking at him going ahead into this season, how well do you think he'll settle into this Manchester United side?
0: Yeah, I think Ten Hag wants a midfield that can play in tight positions. I think he'll eat kind of like settles into that role I think it's going to be a very good, good player for Manchester United he, you know he proved his his ability at Chelsea and England as well so coming into uh coming into that Ten Hag team he knows what he needs to do playing that number seven shirt as well which is that also a bit extra pressure because obviously the, all the greats have, have that number seven shirt so fans know uh, what to expect and what he'll be able to live Liverpool and you're hoping he can do that uh, in the next uh, years to come.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I'm pretty sure he will do. So it's a big season, this one, isn't it? A big season to to make improvements and um, I think they've got it in them to to make those improvements so it's going to be fascinating to see how it all pans out you know it all gets underway doesn't it this week and you know it doesn't seem that that long since the, the last season finished it's gone pretty quick this close season so yeah I think 2023 24 is going to be a fascinating campaign
0: what do you think James what's your prediction for ten hags men this uh, early in the season I think
2: we do well Rob, I think it's going to be extremely difficult to catch up with Manchester City, but somebody who does think we're capable of doing that is Mikel Sylvester. He's hmm. predicted that we will come second, Manchester City will come third,
0: and Arsenal will top the Premier League. What do you make of that? It's a big call. Obviously, uh, Arteta um, had the magic, didn't he, last season for Arsenal, but they uh, ran out of gas at the end. at City... You know, clawed clawed the way back in, didn't they? And took the title. Um, have Arsenal learned from that experience? I know they brought uh, Rice in. Um, is he going to make the difference for this team? Is he going to take Arsenal to that next level, Paul? That's the big question for me. I can't I can't look past Man City. But strange things happen.
1: Yeah, well, Arsenal weren't that far off last season, were they? I mean, they led the, the league for for a long time, didn't they? And perhaps just. Pressure got to them towards the back end of the year, didn't it? And Manchester City's experience and and know-how and Pep's know-how got Manchester City through, really, didn't it? So, uh, so yeah, I don't think they will be a million miles off Arsenal this season. They've got some good players, haven't they? They've strengthened a bit as well. So, but City are going to be the team to beat, aren't they? You know, they've got a. No, you know, real, real good squad there, real good balanced squad, haven't they? So, when you, you know, you got Haaland on the side, he's going to score a sack full of goals, you'd imagine, again. But you never know, Your teams get injuries and things like that. So, stranger things have happened. Who'd have fought Leicester have won the league a couple of years ago? So, mm. I know that was a, was a real strange season, wasn't it? But, uh, but no, I, I don't think you can discount any of those, those top sides. I think, you know, it's going to be a tough season for Manchester City. And it'll be tough backing up. There'll be a lot of expectation on them after the, the great year they had last season. Yeah.
0: Um, Man City start their Premier League season away at Burnley. Man United start their Premier League season at home to Wolves. James, um, obviously the first game of the season is always difficult.
2: It is, and there's always a great deal of pressure if you're a Manchester United player. However, when you're going up against Wolves, if you're doing it in your own ground with your home comforts, it's not too bad. They're usually a side that play better when they're the host. So I'm not too concerned about this game. I think we'll get to have to a win. And I'm hoping that Hoyland potentially gets involved, Rob, because he was obviously introduced during that Lens game. And he's a mm. massive signing for us.
0: He is. He's certainly a, a favourite, possible favourite for the Manchester United uh, fans, uh, proven goal scorer, still young. Um, you know he's he's scored for for Denmark. He's scored for Atalanta. So hopefully he'll be able to continue that form uh, in a Manchester United shirt. But we all know that the pressure that brings wearing that Man United shirt, playing at the highest level, uh, Paul. You're hoping it doesn't swallow him up and spit him out.
1: Well, that's it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure, isn't there? And it's how you adapt to that pressure isn't it? and that that weight of expectation. So uh, yeah, let's hope it's a it's a good season and he can adapt to it quickly. And I'm um, yeah, sure they will quality player, so uh, I think it'll be OK.
0: Yeah, let's just move on to Salford City. They started their championship season um, this weekend. Uh, they beat Forest Green 2-0. Goal from Connor M- McAllen and Matty Smith. Uh, James uh, gets them off to a good start.
2: Yeah, it most certainly does. I mean, Salford are a team that came very close the going up last season it wasn't to be technically we're back in fourth place so we're back in those player positions obviously doesn't really mean a lot when you're one game in but I'm confident in Salford and it's a team who are getting better and considerably better with each season so I think maybe it was a blessing in disguise that we didn't go out
0: last year mm. First home game Paul is Crawley Town uh, on Saturday um, hoping for a win there
1: Yeah it's nice to get off to a, to a winning start isn't it you know the, the start of the season there was some Some big scores, wasn't it, yesterday up and down the Saturday they say up and down the leagues in League One, two and and the Championship. Some sides got hammered, and you don't want to get off to a bad start like that. So has got off to a good start. They've got three points, and you know it's a forty-six game season, isn't it? So there's an awful long way to go. I think if you're a manager, you probably or a supporter, you probably don't start looking at league tables. You're about twelve games in, really, do you? So uh, it's nice to get a win at the start of the season, though. But yeah, they need to find some consistency. As James said, there it could have been a blessing in disguise last season. I'm not going. Because they've strengthened, they've got that continuity, they know what that league's all about now. So, this could be the season where they, uh, rather than scraping the playoffs, they go up automatic.
0: Yeah. So, that's all the football chat. And now we've got a special interview, haven't we, James? Yeah, we have one of the greatest fighters in British history,
2: an icon, somebody who was capable of capturing the hearts of the nation and dragging 40,000 fans over to Las Vegas. It's the hitman, it's Ricky Hatton. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by boxing icon Ricky Hatton. Very shortly, you're going to be involved in a massive competition called the Box Off. I think we're all looking forward to it. But before then, I want to take a look back to something you did that was quite special. Back in November, you made a return to the ring against Marco Antonio Barrera, a fellow legend like yourself. And when I was younger, I loved watching you on the TV, but I always dreamed of going to the arena to see the Ricky Hatton band in person, to see you walk out to Blue Moon? What was it like to get back in there and to give a younger generation an experience of what it's truly like to be a Ricky Hatton fight night?
3: That was really... The way, the way it was put to me was, um, you know, the, the countries had been in a bad um, situation. We had the lockdown, didn't we, where everyone was locked up in the houses. You know, mental health went through the... Uh, Went through the roof, and the cost of living come in, and you know, and, and all that, and so it's not really been a good time for us. But he said, How about you know, having a move about the Manchester Arena against Marco Antonio Barrera And I think it'll put people's smile back on the face. You can show them what shape you're in now, um you can you know, and you can bang, bang the drum of people with mental health, say, Look where I was, but look at me now, you know, and all that stuff. So it was. It was great to hear the roar of the crowd again. It was great to um, share the ring with Marco. You know, you know, and we all know him as a as a as a legend. But it was great to find out just how good he actually was. You know, hear the roar of the crowd again. And it was, um, yeah, it was a very um, very emotional, uh, very emotional night, but a very very enjoyable night. You know, and. Um, I'm glad I do it, you know, people turn around this, you know, the amount of letters I used to get from people, you know, saying, Oh, Ricky, you know, I've I've always struggled with my weight and I struggled with my mental health and I struggled with depression, but you know, to see where you were and where you are now, it was, you know, so when people aren't really fans of these exhibitions, I I couldn't disagree more. I think it was great for me personally. I've kept my weight off, you know, since it became a lifestyle change for me. And uh, it it would it, it give everybody a confidence boost and put a smile on everyone's face, you know, as I say, where the country's been through a tough time. So uh, it was one of, the, one of the best. I've done a lot of good things in my career and that, that was up there. Honestly, it really was.
2: And something that made you so likeable throughout your career, back when you are at the pinnacle of the sport and even now, is that you managed to always maintain those working class roots, no matter how much fame, no matter how much money you had. You always managed to continue caring about people. How did you keep so level headed?
3: Um, I don't know. I think um I think the way it was brought up way it was brought up, I think it was the people and I, I, I surrounded myself with and knocked about with. I mean all my me mates now are all my mates that I went to school with, you know what I mean? You know, there's only been that like, the odd outsider if you like, but you know, you know, I'm a good country char- character I wouldn't let them come into my circle if they were a, if they were, a, you know, dickheads, you know, so it's um, so, no, and I think. I think I think it's the way you've been brought up, you know, um, where my mum and dad, you know, brought me up, you know, and uh, people always say you've always remained to keep that, you know, that normal touch, your feet on the ground, you know, close to your fans and friends and, you know, and stuff like that. And I, it always baffles me. I think to myself, why do I want to pat on the back for that? I want to, you know, you're patting me on the back for being normal. Why, what, what should everybody else be? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, it is nice because, you know, when people come up to me, oh, oh you've no different, have you? You've not changed, and everything that. Doesn't You know, I find it I always find it strange that you know they want to pat me on the back for that because that's the way we should all be.
2: Absolutely. I think that's very important. And you had these incredible nights. When you are at your very best, you were taking 30,000-odd people to Las Vegas, which is an accomplishment which we haven't seen since. And these Mancunian lads were taking over the strip in Vegas. It was quite iconic. What were your favourite nights and your favourite stories and your best memories from that experience? I think, you
3: know, you can't have a better experience, really. And even though it didn't go the way I wanted it with a fight with Mayweather, you know what i mean i mean the first time i went to vegas and saw my name up in lights i think because I, I grew up watching Nigel Ben Roberto Duran Mike Tyson Evander Holyfield you know Marvin Hagler Tommy Ernst you know fighting in Las Vegas and on the strip so before the kid from the council estate you know to walk down the strip you know and see you know Celine Dion you know Tom Jones and then Ricky Hatton pops up you know it's uh, very it's surreal you think well, did that happen was that me you know it's and then when you think, you know, when I when I fought Floyd Mayweather, went to the best pound for pound fight in the world, went to his own town, you know what I mean, and took forty thousand fans. It was yeah, the result didn't go that, but to have, to this day, to still have people people come. Three, Ricky went to the fight. Um, I went went to the fight Floyd Mayweather. or we went to I went to the Pacquiao fight. Oh, some of the best days of your life, you know, stuff like that. It's it still makes you. Uh, makes you very 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 proud and uh, and that was all done without social media you know social media is made a big thing of these days about getting your fan base and your followers and your likes and your retweets and all that and stuff that wasn't there when i uh, when i was there so i must have been doing something right and i think it was because not just what i did in the ring i think it's what i did out the ring and i was out the ring i was a little jack the lad i never slagged an opponent off i was always time for everybody you know and uh, I think that's why I had the following I did. I don't think it was just because of the way I boxed, yeah. And from one corner of
2: the world (laughs) to another, your beloved Manchester City have just won the Champions League. I believe you were there that night in Istanbul. Can you tell me about what it was like to see your beloved club finally do what
3: everybody said they couldn't? It's been very tiring going watching Man City win all these trophies, to be honest with you. I went to Real Madrid away, went to the Bernabeu, which was absolutely uh, fantastic. And then I come back the following week. I was at Wembley, um, which was brilliant, seeing us lift the the FA Cup when we beat Manchester United in the final. And then the following weekend, I um, I was on a, a a bit of a legends tour with me from Bruno I was and Nigel ben, where We went Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We we're here, there, and everywhere. And then the following week, I was in Istanbul for the Champions League final, and um, it was it was incredible. You know, you, you know, you you. You know, you think, and it was nice that I went with the same mates that I had my season tickets with all my life. I've had the season tickets with them ever since we was in the second division. You know, we sat in the north stand, you know, he's peeing down and we're, you know, and we're 2 1 down to Grimsby, you know what I mean? And stuff with the same group of lads. But it's all to be there one time, you know, you know, sat there thinking second division, you know, Grimsby Town, and no disrespect to Grimsby Town, like, right, but. Um, stuff like that and then for us all to get you know put the flights, get the hotels or go with you know go and witnesses um win the Champions League and we all did it we it was the same lads that went that we had as I'd seen the tickets over so like so I was left the premiership so I was left the FA Cup so it's the first time City's done it and we can say we were there and I think uh seeing some of the crap we've watched over the years I think uh I think we deserved it yeah and something you always said when you
2: were younger, is that you wanted to be a fighter who won world titles, who watched Manchester City win
3: trophies, and always listened to Oasis? And you've achieved all that. Yeah, you know, um, you know, not, not only my pals they carried my belt in. You know that was brilliant. Um, mad box at the City of Manchester Stadium, which was fantastic. You know, and I won um, four world titles in two weight divisions. Uh, <clears throat> record crowds that went to to Las Vegas and that you know. Uh, you know, I always had confidence that I could be a world champion. You know, when I, when I, even from a youngster, you know, you know, different people were telling me, you know, you, you dedicate yourself, you can go all the way and stuff like that. And I did believe that I could do it because you've got to, you've got to believe you can do it. You've got to have the self belief in yourself. But to the extent of the stuff I've just mentioned there, record crowds and you know, massive followings and. Two weight division champions. You know, I was happy. I was happy when I won the British, but you know, and then it went to like four world titles, two weights, and all the trips to Vegas, and until we come back against Senchenko, it made maybe come back for um, for other reasons. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I was in such a bad way, one for a period in my life, and you know, was, I wanted to come back. You know, to sort like say to everyone, you know, sorry, and I'm, I'm okay now. Look at me, what you know? And but it was only the probably two of the greatest of all time that I've me until then. You know, so, um,
2: yeah, the fat kid didn't do bad. <clears> he <throat> didn't do Ricky. And you're now going to be involved in the Boxer, a massive competition. It's going to hit our screens very soon. And I believe you're going to be captaining the Manchester side. What does that mean to you? And for people who aren't aware of this tournament yet, can you break it down for us?
3: Well, to captain the side from Manchester and the fact that I could bring some fighter through from Manchester from the very, very, you know, bottom, hopefully, in a, to get the chance to go to the very, very top. And I think it's you know, not everyone not everyone has a, a following on YouTube these days, or not everyone has a following on social media these days. And not everyone can, um, can get a contract at Skype, can get a contract at B T, can not they? You know what I mean? I and mean, there's a lot of, you know, homegrown talent whether they all over all over the country that, you know, because the this you know, it's all right if you go, you know, if you go to the Olympics uh, you know, you you go to the World Championships or the Commonwealth games and then you obviously you get your contract, which is great. You know, it's, it's, it's not that easy for some people and there's some people out there, some good some fighters out there that will never get the opportunity like that, you know, but this is an opportunity. This is a chance where they, they will get that opportunity. If we can uh, unearth someone from the very, very bottom level and take them to the, to the, to the very top, or even if they don't go to the very top, it gives them a springboard to go into bigger and better things, doesn't it? You know, and uh, in this world of, um, Social media now, you know what I mean. There's, you know, you can see the kids that we don't know the kids that are involved yet, but you know, you you can see these kids sat on the the, the sofa at home as we speak now. You know, no money, you know, no contracts, no opportunities, no this, and all of a sudden bang, they get the knock on the door, and they get that. What a wonderful opportunity for some youngster, you know, to get that and to be part of it. And because um, I was, don't get, you know, looking out and didn't get didn't get what he got from straight away. You know, I was a carpet fitter. While I was on the first turn pro, that's a carpet fit in order to pay, put petrol in my car and pay for my food and stuff like that. And I know how hard it is on the bottom of, of the ladder when you're first getting going and you haven't got no money. You haven't, you know. Uh, so imagine to give an opportunity to someone like you know that's probably doing the same and say, yeah, you've got half a chance here, mate. If you do this and do that, it's, it's a great, it's a great springboard for for people that might not normally get that springboard.
2: It sounds like you're taking this role incredibly seriously. Can you tell me a little bit about what your responsibilities will be as a captain and how you intend on directing these fighters?
3: Well, it's just, you know, obviously be there on the night for them, to be honest with you, you know, in the training, you know, when they're in the training camps, you know, uh, leading up to it, you know, they'll get a phone call from me just checking on how they're doing, you know, and every, every, everything's all right. And... um there's a lot of people did a lot for me when I was when I was just coming up through the ranks. You so I got a lot of advice from Nigel Ben. I got a lot of advice from Frank Bruno. I got a lot of advice, you know, from, from so many, so so many people, and it used to lift me and raise my my, my game and my performance and, and my attitude. Uh, and I've never forgot that. You know, so if I you know these boxers come, they'll go into training camp. They've got a nice opportunity there. I mean how nice for them to get a phone call off me and go, How's oh, the training going, mate? How's your sparring going? Yeah, is it everything oh, going well? How's your weight? Yeah. Don't forget this, don't forget that. And neither's the same fight night will be there for the for the for the for the same reasons. And um, yeah, and don't um, forget I was I was there where they were, you know, you know, at the at the beginning, you know, so I know what it means mean, I know what it meant to me at that stage. So I know what it would mean to them. And to get involved and if I can do something like this that helps me get that first foot on the ladder lovely jubbly as they
2: say yeah lovely jubbly it's been amazing talking to you Ricky it's really appreciated thank you so much for giving me some time today to give me an insight into your career those Las Vegas nights and this box-off competition that's coming up but before I let you go is there anything that you would like to add that I perhaps haven't asked you about
3: no, not at all. Just um, you know, it's very, very you know, you know the boxing's changed so much. You know what I mean? But uh, this is an opportunity. I remember years ago there used to be Fight Night on ITV. You know, you'd probably be a bit before your time, but Fight Night on ITV where it was the small hall shows, and even on Sky back in the day, you'd have those small hall shows. You know, um, at York or Bethnal Green. You know, which you know you'd never heard of anyone that was was on the bill, but they were getting the opportunity. Them days of um, i have gone now but we're bringing it back with this you know with, with, with this what we're doing so hopefully you know we can unearth some um, talent and it's all about for me it's all about you know boxing give me a life i could never dream of and my family some of the things that my family have could have never dreamed of if i can help give someone some youngster out there there's get them on the first rung of the ladder going towards some to achieve what i've got that it'd be well and truly with it
2: I tell you what, it's always great to hear from somebody who did so much for our sport, somebody who we all adored. Rob and Paul, I imagine it's a big box fan yourself. Those Ricky Hatton nights at the Manchester Arena, those nights where he did so many great things in Las Vegas—they're truly special, aren't they?
1: They certainly are. Yeah, I can remember listening to his nights in Las Vegas on the radio, uh, sat in darkness late on in, in the, the first house that I bought, you know, back back then, like 2007, 2008, around that time when he was over there fighting Mayweather. And, you know, they were great to listen to. And then eventually I saw him back on the TV but you're listening to him live and and cheering him on and hearing the the noise of the fans and whatever, they were special times and it's funny when you listen to boxing on the radio because you sort of shut your eyes and imagine every punch coming in and you get a good picture of what's going on and um, yeah, it used to be great listening to him and I used to follow a lot of his career on the television and you know, he's a local guy as well, isn't he? I used to see him running actually when I first started my job at British Gas, I used to see him running around Atterbury back then in the early 2000s when he was doing his road work and that and you know, his, his brother, obviously, is a, another Starwater Boxing as well. So, Ricky Atten's been tremendous, hasn't he? He's a tremendous character as well. You look at the way he used to pile his weight on and then lose it all. He's like a miracle man, really, the way he used to train. Um, and he's a character, yeah, like I said, he's a character, an absolute smashing character. And, you know, I think that's why the fans love him. He's a, it's a bit like he's sort of a Jimmy White snooker and b- people like that. You know, they love people like that who are characters. And, and Ricky Atten's definitely one of those, a special, special one in a million character.
2: He is. He's a massive character, Paul. We all loved him. And somebody else who's become a popular fighter in recent years is Anthony Joshua. Somebody else who's been selling out massive venues, whether it be Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or Wembley. He's going to cross the globe in terms of Saudi Arabia, the United States of America. He was meant to be taking on Dillian White this weekend. That will no longer happen. The body snatcher, Dillian White, has failed his third drug test. It's crazy, Paul, isn't it? I mean, not many boxers fail tests. We, we know that there's more on it than meets the eye. We know that these drug tests don't always catch everybody. But for Dillian White to have been caught three times, it's a real, real issue. And it sort of brings his whole career into disrepute.
1: Yeah, it does. I mean, to be caught three times, you, you, I mean, you're not. There's something you're not doing right there. I mean, you shouldn't be getting caught at all. We shouldn't be talking about getting caught. We, you shouldn't be doing the, the drugs in the first place, or, or taking. I suppose the drugs, but taking things you're not supposed to be taking. They know exactly what they're supposed to take and what exactly what they can't take. And if you're unsure about something, you don't put it down your throat. So, it's. It, it, he's got a team around him. He's not some wet behind the ears amateur or. Some white collar fighter. He's a fighter that's fought at the top of his game, isn't he? And to be making these sort of mistakes, if they are mistakes, or, or unless he's just thinking he can get lucky, I'm not too sure what's gone through his mind. But it, you've got to feel for, sorry for the fans, James. I mean, people who bought tickets, looking forward to it. It's a big, massive British fight that between those two. And, um, you know, people have bought tickets, probably paid for hotels, and they've been let down again by boxing. And how many times has this happened recently? Big fights getting cancelled at the last minute.
2: Yeah, it seems to be happening more and more, Paul. And it's a good thing, in essence, that we're, we're catching fighters who are cheating. But it's worrying for the fans who shell out money to pay for these fighters. I mean, in recent years, we've had Conor Ben, Amir Khan, and now Dillian White. And we're all looking at all three of these fighters who've headlined bills up and down the country in pretty big fights. And we're questioning all their careers and whether they deserve these accolades that they've got. And the fans who showed up money for hotels, train tickets, tickets for the actual event itself, they're all in complete disarray because of Dillian White's actions.
1: That's right. And I think on top of that, you've got people who look up to these these fighters and have followed their careers. And, and you'll have boxing fans who've probably followed Dillian White right throughout his career, been to all his fights and, you know have a lot of adulation for him a bit like a football supporter or rugby league supporters or whatever he, they'll follow certain fighters and you know you, he's let them down he's he's really let them down there and it, it casts a jeopardy on his career as you said and his name but also at 35 years of age where does he go from here now is he going to get another big big fight or, or could this be the end of him and it'd be a sad way to end a career really wouldn't it so uh, he'll be kicking himself he really will and for Anthony Joshua I mean He's put an awful lot of preparation into this, and to be let down just over a week before the fight, it is it is a real letdown, and like we've just both said, it's happening far too often in boxing, now you're getting these big bills announced, and I think soon it's going to start taking that shine away, because people are going to be thinking, oh great, you've announced a big fight, but is it going to happen? Because, you know, you sort of frantically counting down the days to the fight, aren't you?
2: You are, because you never know if it's going to happen or if something ridiculous like an injury or more more likely the case here is, is is the failed drug test from Dillian White that we're all incredibly concerned about. This is being recorded on Sunday, so by Tuesday when this goes out, there may be more concrete news. But as of right now, it appears that Eddie Hearn is scrambling to get AGN opponent to allow this bill to continue. Currently, we've got two other big... Heavyweight fights on the bill. So let's look at them as what they are for the time being. We've got Dempsey McKean, a big Australian, taking on Philip Hergovic. A good fighter, somebody who possibly lost his last outing to Zilli Zang, but he got the decision. And the winner of this is likely to be propelled into a world title shot. And you've also got Derek Chisora versus Gerald Washington. And off air, I was saying it was great to see Derek Chisora in a genuinely competitive fight. I'd like to see this one play out but there are rumours that Chisora is going to be pushed into that main event slot, which I think would anger a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I think think so. I I, I can't see what Derek Chisora would bring to the table for Anthony Joshua, to be honest with you. I think it would be a step too far for him. So it depends, I suppose the money situation and what other fighters are out there, you know, to, to step in for, for the Anthony Joshua fight. It'd be great if you could get somebody to step in because then you, all right, it's not the, the, the fight he was looking forward to, but then then Anthony's, Anthony Joshua's preparation and all the hard work that he's probably put into this is not for nothing, is it? He's going still going to get get a fight and get himself out there.
2: Most certainly. I mean, we'd obviously like to see AJ fight if we could. Of those four names, is there somebody you'd like to see whether it be McKean, Hergovic, Trezor, or Washington? Or would you like somebody to come in out of left field, maybe an Andy Ruiz or a Joseph Parker or somebody like that?
1: Yeah, I think the two names you've mentioned there, Ruiz and Parker, I think uh, I think Parker particularly is, is a good opponent for Anthony Joshua. We all saw you know, his last couple of fights, Joseph Parker, and he's a very, very tough fighter, isn't he? And uh, you know, a very durable man, and he's somebody that probably give Anthony Joshua some trouble. I don't think he's... He's someone that he'd blast out of there in a couple of rounds. I think he'd give him trouble. He's a, he's a good boxer. He's, a, he's very, very tough and durable, as I mentioned. And, um, yeah, I think he'd be a good opponent. And Ruiz, as well, that, I think that's another good fight. We've been down that road before, haven't we? But, the, you know, the previous fights between the two of them have been good fights. So, uh, so yeah, I think out of those two, I'd rather see that than a Derek Chisora. No certainly. in two fights that did the world of boxing a great deal
2: of good were Terence Crawford versus Errol Spence and and Inouye versus Stephen Fulton. So let's look at the fight in America first. This was billed as a 50-50. The two of us on this show for the last five years, probably, have worked our way towards this. These two great pound-for-pound titans finally clashing once or over. We waited years. It finally happened. And it was borderline a mismatch. Spence, a great fighter, a terrific fighter, a top five pound-for-pound. So to watch him be completely dismantled by Terran Crawford is an absolute credit to how good this man truly is.
1: Yeah, I think he got his game plan absolutely spot on. Um, he certainly surprised me as well. Like you said, we've spoke about this and for a long time, about this this matchup and how close it would be. And it was a real pick-and-fight. And it wasn't. It was, it was completely opposite, really, wasn't it? A dismantling. But I think it just shows you how good Crawford is. Um, you know, tremendous performance, probably the performance of his career, and and yeah, hats off to him because you won't see a, a better boxing display than that. You know, punch perfect, really, and the aggression and the, the speed of him was, uh, you know, you know he was in, he was in awe of it watching it.
2: And look at his resume; he was always criticised as a fighter who would eventually retire, having gone on a good run, but lacking that pivotal great elite name so there's the Amir Khan's, the david evanisians the sean porters all these great fighters he was missing the defining win errol spence was that defining win and it makes his whole career look different now because it shows that he was almost going through the motions at world level against these great fighters and he just needed that elite opponent
1: to bring out the very best of him sometimes fight that's what fighters need don't they um you know the better the opponent the better they fight don't they because they- They've really raised it. I think, you know, looking back at that fight in years to come, you probably watch it umpteen times and then say, yes, Errol Spence brings the best out of Crawford, really, doesn't it? Because he has to to pick the punches better, he has to work hard, he has to be quicker, and, you know, beating him to the punch, and, and he did do. So, yeah, I think, you know, you have to give Spence a lot of credit. He's a terrific fighter, but he brought the best out of Crawford.
2: He did, and another fighter who was dazzling in equal measure is Nuya and No the Japanese master, taking on Stephen Fulton, stepping up to his fourth weight class and absolutely dismantling the American in pretty spectacular fashion. A punch perfect performance, and really is something special.
1: He certainly is. He certainly is. I know he's one of your favourites, isn't he? And uh, yeah, as you said, a punch perfect performance, another dismantling, and. Uh, yeah, tremendous display, tremendous display, and and probably one that I don't say we expected, but he is a special, special fighter, and he's going to take some 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 beating if uh, you know that comes along in the future. But that was a tremendous performance, probably probably the performance of the year for me.
2: And now looking ahead to some of the fights that have been announced, these two on the same night, which is always a shame. We never like the clashes, but Dan Aziz versus Joshua Buatsi at the O2 Arena in London. And then our fair, we were talking about this Jack Capsule, somebody who I felt, and you felt probably in equal measure, deserved to become world champion that night against Josh Taylor. But he's bouncing back now against Jorge Linares, somebody who British fans know for looking brilliant in dismantling performances of Anthony Crawler and Luke Campbell, somebody who pushed silly Lomachenko all the way, a free world champion, not necessarily at the peak of his powers, but a great test for Carroll.
1: It is a great test because one thing you know with, with Hargill and is he's as fit as they come and he's as tough as they come so, um, you know, you're not going to get an easy night against him. No way, no way whatsoever. If Cattro wants to win that fight, he's going to have to be tip-top condition. And, you know, even fitter and stronger than he was against Josh Taylor. That's no disrespect to Taylor. But, you know, Lenares has been at the top of the game for a long time. now. I think he's about 37 years old now, but he's been around for it for a long, long time. And, you know, he's experienced and as tough as they come. So, it's a great fight for Cattro because if he can get the result, then that really is a big feather in his cap, really, and a big confidence booster for him. And then, hopefully, after that, he can get back and challenge for world titles. So, uh, so that, that really is a terrific fight, that one.
2: And now, looking at the last bits of boxing news, Jake Paul returned to the ring last night, picking up a win over a 38-year-old Nate Diaz. Josh Warrington versus Lee Wood has been officially announced. A great domestic blockbuster there. And two fights for the Eubank Smith. Undercard, Dave Allen versus Fraser Clark, And your mate Mark Heffern is back in action as well.
1: Yeah, two good fights there. I know Mark Heffern's been training hard. We've seen him run up Buckstone's hill in Shaw. Uh, he's a steep hill as well, and he's training his uh, training tripe out at the moment. So I know he's going to be fit and ready for that fight against uh, against Jack Cullen. And Jack Cullen's a you know he's a very tall man for his weight. You know, six foot three, I think he is. He's a tall, sort of rangy fighter. That'll be a terrific fight, that Bolton against Oldham. Uh, yeah, so that that's going to be a cracker. And, and the, the Dave Allen story, it he continues. He's another terrific character. And that's going to be a tough fight against Fraser Clark, But one that Fraser needs to win. So there's an awful lot on those two fights, you know, two massive fights. And that's going to be a cracking build at the arena.
2: And I can't wait to break it all down with you this time next week, Paul. But for now, I'm going to throw it back over to Rob for a bit of rugby league.
0: Yeah, let's start with Solford Devils, Paul, they were in action this week at home in their 150th birthday anniversary game at the Solford City Stadium. They played and went down to defeat 18 points to 15. Um talk us through
1: it. Yeah, it was um, a terrific day, Rob, you know, um Kind of an atmosphere before the, the game and, and a very emotional seeing the ex Alford players and some great players as well walking around the pitch with big smiles on their faces and you know the crowd there was a lot of emotion in the crowd as well and I think that lifted the lifted the, the lads they came out and all right they went two 0 down to a, a penalty from Mark Percival bounced back with tries from Callum Watkins and a. Terrific try from Ryan Bryler to go in 15 2 at the break. Mark Snead dropping a goal right on half time. And that was a good lead to have. I think it, for me, it was Salford's best 40 minutes of the season. You know, they, they put together. And I know they played very well at Hull, but, you know, playing a good St. Helens side there took a 15 2 It was it was a, was a was a good first half. Second half, there was a bit of a contentious decision with T. Ritson. I mean, he was like lightning. What a fantastic winger he is. Looked like he was caught in touch. On the back of that, Dion Cross was simply a professional foul. Saint's got a couple of tries, got back into the game and so had an awful lot of defending to do. But for me, St. Ellen's turned the screw. The defence was tremendous, they moved up, Salford couldn't get out of their own half and probably just ran out of steam, really, and uh, Saints got a try from Jack Willsby that won the game 18-15, but a terrific effort, real terrific effort from Salford, and you got a feel for them, really. They played three home games against Leeds, Lee and St. Helens, and they've come up short, you know, a couple of points in each game, and, you know, with a bit of luck and a bit more uh, a bit more firepower and perhaps a few more bodies, they, they could have had three victories.
0: Mm. Obviously, I think sixty feet in the row now. Obviously, Cass and Wakefield are cut adrift at the bottom, so really, there's no fear of going down. But we do need to pick up a win soon.
1: They do, but if you still, if you look at the league table, though, it's still wide open. I think the sides above us are in the playoffs are only two points in front, so there's there's nothing in it. There's nothing in it at all. I mean, if you look at the sides below us, uh, Hull, Huddersfield, Leeds, they're um, they're all within. Sort of points difference of each other now, so there's there's nothing you can throw a blanket over all those teams that are going for the playoffs. So you know, count Castleford and Wakefield out of it, but everybody else has got a fantastic chance. So it's just about this this running now and keeping players fit. they have got a tough running, but they showed in that St. Helens game that they they can win matches. Are, they're they more than a match for anybody. I think they just need to get that win, whether it be a scruffy win, whatever it is. They need that confidence, that that sort of kick up the backside and, and they've got a tough game against Huddersfield coming up in a week on Friday so that's not going to be easy but if they could get a result there back at home against Wakefield the week after there's a real chance of a bit of a springboard there but they need this two points sooner rather than later.
0: Yeah, we spoke to Ben Halliwell, Chris Atkin, Olive Partington, uh, Brad Singleton uh, and this is what they have to say. So I'm joined by Ben Halliwell. Defeat today, talk us through it. Yeah, it a tough one to
4: take. Um we started off well. Uh, come second half, and went down to 12 men, and the um, champion team at saint are they capitalized on it, and um, yeah, I think, um, I think they got the upper hand then.
0: Yeah, can you put your finger on sort of what the difference was today between the two teams? Um, not much really.
4: Not, not much difference. Um, like I say, we, we started off well, and they, they probably finished off a bit better than what we did, and um, it could have gone either way. So, uh, but we dug deep then, and um, like I say. Saints are a champion team and once you go one man down um,
0: they do capitalise on it and uh, that's why they're best yeah obviously 15-2 up Saints call the way back in Saints are a, a, you know, a world class team they're doing that aren't they unfortunately
4: yeah that's that's, that's what it is uh, they're a good team but like they've got some uh, great individuals as well um, but like I say it's, 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 it's one that we we probably we probably let go but um we'll we'll come back uh, strong in two weeks time against Riversfield so um, yeah like like I say we're still still up there in the league so we'll try and we'll we'll, we'll get into top six hopefully with the we've performed well and if we perform like that against other teams I think we'll come up um, victorious
0: yeah obviously we've had a few defeats on the run but in some kind of parallel universe we're like third because some of them defeats have been really close and this was another one really
4: yeah um Obviously, it's it's not good for us because I think we've lost like seven on the bounce now. But um, yeah, they are close games, and we're we we're, we're, we're literally there. Um, it's just like little tweaks that we need to we need we need to do, and um, we'll get there and we'll, we'll finish, um, finish 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 the, the league league well. But the the league is close, and like I say, we're, technic- we're almost there. A few more wins under his belt, and uh, results go our way. Um, i say we'll be up there.
0: And how do you, you think you're playing at the moment? Playing well?
4: Yeah, I think I'm playing well. Um, uh, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think I'm, uh, I'm doing well and I just, I'm just trying to hardest to stay the state team.
0: Yeah. A uh, week off this week, what's the plan? Rest the body?
4: Yeah, that's the rest of the body. I think everybody's the uh, Rest body and um, get ready for this field in two weeks' time.
0: Brilliant. Thanks for talking to us. Unlucky today and
4: uh,
5: see you soon. Thank
0: you. you. So I'm joined by Chris in Defeat today. Talk us through it.
5: Tough one, really. Yeah. Um... Probably a different performance from last week, um, one we, we spoke about probably owing the fans a little bit, um, obviously back at home uh, and not good enough performances previously at home, so something we wanted to put right and I think we did that um, across the board um, throughout the game and obviously Saints are a quality side.
0: Yeah, 15-2 up at half time, Saints clawed the way back in, what was the difference you think?
5: Um, p- probably hard to put put anything on it specifically um, right now. Obviously not. I lo- having watched the game back, but we knew Saints were going to come out, you know, all plays blazing. You know, the way they carry the ball and the way they defend, and they put a lot of pressure on us. Um, but I thought we did well at times, um, and we maybe did enough to win the win the game in the first half. But um, like I've said, Saints are a quality side, and you've got to always try and put more points on the board. And and they they come back and won the game.
0: What was the change room like
5: after? Just very disappointing. Uh, quiet. Um, something that you know we we said we, we, we've done we've done a good job, but we don't want to just do a good job. We want to achieve bet one better than last year um, and get to those levels again. And we've we've got um, obviously a week off of no game with some training and some time to refresh. So probably an opportunity to, to look back and maybe look forward then towards this back end of the season
0: yeah we're on a run of defeats but in some kind of parallel universe a couple go our way we're third is that something you sort of think about as a player that you're getting beat but you're not being getting beat by much
5: yeah it's tough to to take that really because like you say you know it's kind of a flip of a coin sometimes that you might be being third like you've just said but um we don't want to kind of get complacent with that you know we, we realistically we've lost those games we can't go back we can't change that we can't be in another parallel universe as you said there uh, so we want to we want to win those games and we want to be third and we're just trying to look at those opportunities to get better and to to be third and, and be in that top six at least
0: still seventh
5: need a win yeah and uh i think that huddersfield game will come around very very quickly now
0: yeah
5: uh, week off this week what's the plan rest of body Rest the body, bit of training, and like we said, get ready for those last six or seven games and uh, and hopefully playoffs.
0: Brilliant, Chris. Unlucky today, and uh, thanks for talking to us. I'm joined by Oliver Partington. Defeat today. Talk us through it.
6: Uh, yeah, it's a tough one to take. Thought we had him in the uh, first half and the first stint of the second half, but as they always say, you can't write the Saints off, can you?
0: No. 15-2 up at half time. Obviously, like you say, Saints are a top team, be able to claw all the way back. What, what do you think the difference was today?
6: I think we made some massive improvements from last week because obviously we were embarrassed at, uh, in Perpignan, but we just thought we'd stick together and, uh, and really focus on defence, and we did that, but we just couldn't do it for long, for long enough, and Saints, obviously, that's what their bread and butter is. Yeah,
0: uh, still seventh. Need a win to, to get emotional momentum and climb that table.
6: Yeah, definitely. That's what we're looking for, and we're, and we're chasing it, but it's a, it's a tight group, and, and I'm sure we'll get it. What was
0: the change you room like after?
6: just just empty i think everyone's just so fatigued now and they give everything and then and that's real before he didn't go our way
0: yeah you're playing well uh
6: not as well as i'd like because we were winning. know i was playing well
0: a <laughs> uh, week off this week what's the what's the plan
6: uh i think all lads are going to get away if they can and just try and refresh ready for the a big push to last end of the season brilliant thanks I'm lucky today right Like to say i'm joined by brad singleton on
1: his debut big minutes for me in that first half. tough tough game against st Helens. Yeah, always as we're saying
7: to put you in a grind and, and they're really good at it um but look i, I thoroughly enjoyed myself and all the result um got away from us in the end but it's exciting times you know you you look at that side and what we we put them under the, the cost for, for a long time there and probably had momentum and they're, they're, that's a champion side so it's really exciting foundations for the rest of the
1: year. Has it been a bit of a whirlwind week for you because you were due to come to Salford for the next season, weren't you, but happy to be here now with the lads?
7: 100%. I've, I've said it all along. Once my minutes went down at Wigan, there's, there's probably not much uh, left for me there. So so I was delighted to get the move across. And um, like I said, um, I, I had a good, I enjoyed myself out there today. Are
1: you based locally then? Are you in Wigan or have you got quite far to, to come to training on that? Are you miles away? Or Yeah, so I live in Belinge,
7: so I'm going to stay there. My kids are in school there, so... I'm just gonna, I'm gonna just travel from there. Oli P is going from there. Matt Costello. So it's, it's not too far. It's only 25 minutes. So,
1: yeah. I think you're gonna be a firm favourite with the supporters. You know, playing big minutes there. You're a big man up front. You, you, you don't shirk anything either, do you? That's your game, isn't it? pretty, pretty raw.
7: Look, yeah, I, like I said, I, I've, I've said in another interview, if, if people can leave and say that I'm hardworking and honest, I'm happy about it. But I'm, I'm going to just say that, well, um, this this team, it's a very special team, you know. There's a lot of boys there that have, that have gone on and done good things, and the potential is massive in this squad. And um, I don't know. I hope I hope we can get there by the by the end of the year because we're. um yeah, it's exciting times.
1: You're still not a million miles off the playoffs. Obviously, a win today would have would have put you back in the picture, but how tough was that? What do you think went wrong today? A lot of defending to do in that second half. Did that sap the tank that
7: way? It's hard to say, and I don't want want to blame yeah. other things. So, look, like in the second half, probably the last, maybe, maybe majority of the second half, maybe the last 20 minutes, things didn't go our way, and, uh, and it's up to us to get back on the horse and, and sort that out, but um, we probably run out of time.
1: Got a week off now for the Challenge Cup. But and it's Huddersfield away another tough fixture they're coming thick and fast now in these games aren't they?
7: Yeah of course Huddersfield will be a great side they're finding some form now they've um, got a strong squad on paper uh, but like I said if we've just done that and Nate, um well we will we won the, majority, we the momentum in the majority of that game and uh, we've done that to some champions like I said it's an exciting time so so we'll just take each game as it comes so if it's Huddersfield next week we'll we'll work on it and we'll um, try and get the win now
1: Thanks for much for speaking to us Brad great to have you at Solford, mate No problem Thank I'd right, like to say shame, right, Jones Bay. I know you didn't play today, Shane, but I just wanted to have a chat with you about how you're going on and how your injury's going. on. Are you getting near towards fitness now?
8: Um, I'm still a while away. Um, I've, it's the surgeon said it's a, probably season-ending really with the time frame, which is an 18 to 20 week injury, but. Um, you never know with, with injuries, everyone's different. So um, I'm heading in the right direction. I've, I've got back on the field this week, so that's a step in so, my direction. What side. are you doing now, that light training? Are you running on, your, on it now? Uh, yeah, I had to go see the specialist a couple of weeks ago just to, get the t- just to transition to the next phase, but um yeah just just light duties on the field really so but if i can get the boots on it's a positive yeah,
1: big news this week as well you decided to stay at Salford three three year contract
8: yeah that, that's been the pipeline for a while but um obviously the club's just announced it on friday so um no very happy just to secure my future here and um hopefully like I said get back on the field and get back to our winning ways Have you enjoyed your time in this all far? You must do it if you, stay, if you stay you like it here don't you? Yeah Just not uh, like the weather yeah. <laughs> The weather was the hardest part to adjust to but um I've been here long enough and I feel pretty comfortable, so no, nah, I'm enjoying my time. It
1: would have been a shame to lose you know after this season you made such a great
8: start and then you got an injury. So I think it's great that we're going to see the best of you maybe next season. But is there a chance we could see you play this season if we make the playoffs? Uh, we'll see. That that's obviously the goal. But um, like I said, everyone's different. But I'm gonna. It's got to be right, the one you've got yeah, 100%. It's, it's got to be right. And but I will be doing my best. Like like most of the boys, if they're in this position, they'll do their best to try and get back as soon as possible. So it's the same with me. Congratulations on your new contract, mate, and thanks for speaking to us. Thanks, mate. So, that was
0: Ben hellewell Chris Atkin, Oliver Parton and Brad Sigleton. Uh, Shane Wright, who's signed a new contract for Sulfur Devils, also appeared there, Paul. Very exciting news about him staying at the club.
1: Yes, yeah, certainly is. Yeah, it's great news that. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's had a tough season, hasn't he? You know, getting injured. He was playing fantastically well. You know, defending well, scoring tries before he got injured. He's been a big loss for Sulfur, a real big loss in the back row. So, it's great to see him uh, sign Big news this week though is Brad Singleton coming in. You know entirely pre-leaving. I thought Brad Singleton had a good debut, a real good, solid debut. He's a good, good big, big forward, big robust forward. You know doesn't take any prisoners. He's got plenty of aggression, and he played some big minutes on uh, on Sunday against St Helens. So he'll be definitely one to watch, and uh, he's going to add some 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 beef to Paul Rollie's pack. You know some much-needed uh, firepower.
0: Yep, looking at the other Super League fixtures uh, this week. Huddersfield beat Casper 28-0. Uh, Catalan beat Warrington 30 points to 10, obviously. Two coaches there losing the jobs, Castleford and Warrington coaches. Uh, Wigan beat Hull R 64-6 at home, with Hull R getting ready for the Challenge Cup final next week. Hull FC beat Wakefield 42 points to 4. And Lee, who the other Challenge Cup finalists, they went to Leeds and won 13 points to 6.
1: Fantastic from Lee. That's the first time they've won at Leeds since 1984. So right. they they they're doing it. They're doing it great. I mean, they they I think they beat somebody the other week, and that was another one. Well, they beat Solfer. That's first time they've won at Solfer since 1983. So they've been mm. they've been breaking records left, right, and centre this season, and uh, winning at grounds where they've not won for a long time. So I think you've got to give them an awful lot of credit. They've gone to Leeds, a uh, tough place to go. The week before Wembley, and they've shot. They've done a real professional job and won that game. And I think you know you've got to give them the, all the credit in the world and they deserve to be where they are in the league table and to be honest with it I hope they go and win at Wembley because they've they've had a great they've been a real breath of fresh air this season and uh, done a great job
0: yeah Lee and Hook are in the Challenge Cup final this weekend at Wembley Paul obviously the first time uh, one of the big four haven't been involved Uh, how big is it for the sport that these two put on a great final
1: well, I think they will. I think it'll be a tremendous final. You've got two sides there that have been great this season. I mean, okay they've probably been a bit patchy, haven't they? But when they've played, well, they've, they've played really well. And Lee have been the real entertainers, haven't they? So I think there'll be a, it'll be a good match between the two of them. You've got Halifax at Wembley as well in the 1895 Cup final. First time they've been at Wembley since 1988, I think, when they played Wigan in the final. Um, Batley are also there, which is another great derby fixture between those two. So you've got four clubs there. You know, with an awful lot of history between them. I and mean, their supporters will have a fantastic day out. I think you'll see an awful lot of neutrals going as well. And uh, I think there'll be a really big crowd and a great atmosphere because it gets boring seeing the same teams in the final all the time. I think this is a breath of fresh air, this final. And Hulking, Rovers and Lee are two teams with a fabulous history in the sport. And, you know, the great players that they've had in the past and all the heritage that they bring to it. I think, you know, you know that'll, that'll be a fantastic final.
0: Yeah. Salford, Red Devils ladies were in action uh, this weekend as well. They played Bradford and beat them 30 points to four. Two tries from Steph Gray and Alex Simpson. One from Holly Jones and one from Lauren Ellison. Three goals from Demi Jones and uh, Salford keep their charge up towards top of the table
1: yeah yeah back-to-back wins isn't it now so uh, that'll give them an awful lot of confidence and I believe they defended really well and worked very hard for that victory so uh, you know that's great to see them get some results after it It's been a tough season but they're starting to come into their own now towards the back end of the season and uh, you know a lot of smiles on faces and uh, that's going to do them the world of good
0: yeah with a minute to go Paul Swinton Lions were in action they beat Keith Letty, 18 points to 10 great result for the Lions
1: yeah, it was a must win game as well after the defeat last week. And I know Newcastle got battered at home to witness. So that's a terrific result for, uh, for Swinton. A good weekend for them and their sort of battle for survival. You know, uh, they've got a bit of an advantage there now. So uh, a real solid win.
0: Yeah, 30 seconds to go. 11th in the league, uh, 14 points. Uh, and coach Alan Coleman off to witness. And the season will be
1: crucial for that. Yeah, yeah, that's a disappointment for them but I'm sure they'll line somebody up and uh, and they'll, they'll still do well next year if they can stay up but it's the big thing now is for them to stay up and we've got some uh, big games coming up so good luck to Swinton.
0: Yeah, and we'll be obviously talking about it on the Sports Zone on Salford City Radio. Big thanks for joining us and we'll see you soon for more Salford Sporting Chat on Salford City Radio.